we have no shortage of leadership on this team. This feels a lot like the 19 team in a lot of regards. DJPK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Did my ears deceive me, PK? Did I just hear Kyle Whittingham, Mr. Tough Guy, Mr. One Game at a Time, Mr. The Future is Now. Don't rest on your laurels. We have no shortage of leadership on this team. This feels a lot like the 19 team in a lot of regards. Ooh, and he said it with energy. Conviction. Conviction. There's an emphasis on a lot. And that 2019 team, for those of you with short-term memories, that was 11 wins. Yeah, that was a great team. Uh, the the Pac-12 title game stunk. I don't give a crap about the bowl game. Uh, the Oregon game in uh, Santa Clara was a big downer, that's for sure. But other than that, man, they rocked. Even that SC loss was very competitive. First game of the year, first conference game of the year. And the thing that I like about Kyle Whittingham now is that he's going to retire as the University of Utah head coach. I think we can all agree with that. He's going to retire as the winningest coach in program history, right? The, those things seem to be certainties. And so what I, the reason why I'm bringing that up is that he doesn't have to worry about job security. So he can set whatever expectation level he believes is appropriate because he's going to be there, right? Mark Harlan uh, is not going to touch him. I mean, he's actually extended him, and I've talked to Mark about this. I mean, he loves Whittingham, loves his his everyday workmanlike approach to the job, the consistency, all the great the things that make Kyle Whittingham great. So I believe that he has the freedom to say what he wants now and not have to worry about expectations. If they don't meet the expectations, well, then Kyle will be the first to say we didn't meet expectations because he doesn't have to worry about saving his job. A lot of times they have to be political because their job is in potentially in a tenuous situation, right? So they have to be careful what they say. That's not where Kyle's at. He's has as much job security virtually as anybody in the country, including Nick Saban, when you think about it, where he's at right now and what he's done. So he can come out and speak the truth as he sees it. And when I listen to that, I'm thinking, okay, he's going to compare the 19 leadership, which had a ton of it. You know, we were there day to day. We all know about it. And so he's going to compare leadership to the leadership of this year's team. But he does do that, but he takes it a step beyond that. What did he say? In a lot of aspects, a lot of ways you can play it again. That last part, that's the really that's the thing that really got me going is that he just doesn't compare leadership to leadership. No. And he says in a lot of aspects. Play it again, Yak. What's that last last phrase that he uses? We have no shortage of leadership on this team. This feels a lot like the nineteen team in a lot of regards. Okay, regards, yeah. In a lot of regards. That's the one that really catches my attention because he's not just talking leadership. He's saying in a lot of regards. Well, look at that team in 2019. That had in a lot of regards. What did that have? That had a lot of NFL talent. And, of course, most often if you have a lot of NFL talent, what you also have is a lot of wins that particular season. We saw it BYU last year. I know the schedule, blah, blah, blah. We're, I'm so sick of putting that qualifier in. The fact is that team had a lot of NFL talent. And if that's what Kyle's thinking, then, yeah, they need to think Pac-12 title, not just Pac-12 South, Pac-12 title, and can they go beyond that? Right now, 
I think that's when in the realm, in the realm, that's not even a word, in the realm of thinking. You just really enunciated every letter in realm. Realm. Yeah, I did. I I got going. Sometimes when you get going, (laughs) man, you can't be stopped. In 2019, they had a lot of no-nonsense guys, and the message was clear. We're better than these guys. Hammer them. Don't let them even hang around. And they did. They bled a lot of teams. But the message was also clear when they were in tight times. Hey, we're good enough. Let's go back and do this. And they got on the road in two close games. And one time they didn't. SC, they didn't come back and win it, although they came back and got back in the game. Uh, They were in danger of getting blown out for a while. And then at Washington, they did come back and win the game. And for the most part, they were better than the teams they played, oh, and they, they hammered and, they and didn't let them hang around and, and have a chance to make a lucky play or get a bad call or a bounce or whatever. The thing I will say, though, this is beyond their control, is the schedule that they would play this year is much more difficult, even though it's basically the same schedule. What I'm saying is I believe the teams are much better. You look at teams like you brought that. You brought up that Washington game. Mm-hmm. I was there at that game. It was a huge win for the program. Somebody on the staff, and I love the go travel with those guys because as you're walking off the field, I can't tell you how many times, in winning or losing, guys on the staff who recognize me, they know me, they know me for a long time. They know that whatever they tell me, it goes nowhere. I may I'll bring it up, but I won't come close to mentioning their name. And if it's too sensitive, I won't even say it. But one of the guys said to me, "This is a win that this program desperately needed, and in the past, this is a game we would have lost." And he was right. That was a huge win. They needed to go on the road and beat a quality team. It's just that Washington this year is much better at least right now, anticipated, I should say, to be much better. SC's SC, but I think that the Sal, I look at Washington as, a, as an example since you brought up that game. Mm-hmm. The teams in the South, I think, with the exception, obviously, of Arizona, are much better, significantly, potentially better than they were two years ago. So that could make the challenge more difficult of repeating what that 8-1 and one team did in 2019. So this year they missed Cal and Washington. Right. So breaks there because a lot of people think... Uh, Decent teams. Yeah. The, one team is probably middle and the other team is top of that division. They're, they're not missing a bottom I picked figure. Washington personally to win. Right. And I think most people have Oregon and Washington 1-2. Yeah. And then they have Stanford and Cal 3-4. And so, depending on who you're talking to, uh, ASU, did they have a quarterback injury when they came no, in? No, it was just, just Jaden Daniels just was a freshman. Because it was 21-3. And they had no offense. Yeah, he, he, I think he literally had three completions. <clears throat> oh, really? <laughs> i got to go back and look that up now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was, he was the proverbial running for his life. The whole It reminded me of him as a freshman facing the toughest defense that he has faced to date. And it reminded me of them telling Travis Hansen, or not Travis Hansen, Travis Wilson, don't have interceptions. And that became the goal of Travis Wilson, don't have interceptions, because he had six when he played UC Los Angeles, mm-hmm. if I remember, a year In a totally earlier. winnable game. Yeah, and so don't throw interceptions. And so Jaden Daniels at that point, he was thrown into the third row like 95% of the time. They were wildly overmatched. Uh, Utah's defense, absolute complete and total domination. So Arizona State's offense is much better 
mm. than it was two years ago because they were starting so many young guys. So naturally, even if they're not that good, they're still going to be much better because they almost did nothing in that game. I think Benjamin managed to get 100 yards. He did. But it was probably the most 100 difficult yards he'd ever had to run for. I looked it up now. Benjamin was great. He was 15 carries for 104 yards, but Daniels, 4 of 18 for 25 yards. So to your point, in 2021, now Daniels has got, well, he's not a junior because the clock didn't run last year, but he's he's got a lot of football. He's got a lot of college football experience now that he didn't have for that game. So that ought to be a different deal. Same thing with UCLA. uh, UCLA should be in a better place. They are. They got smoked yeah, by the youths that year, forty-nine to three. So no, I was in a Rose Bowl. That was oh, was that that was at home that year. I think it was at home. Uh, but yeah, they they were in no position to compete, and now they're in a position. I don't know that they'll win, but they're in a position to compete. It was they, Cal, same thing. It was Cal who had the quarterback injury, and Utah shut him out. So they just, but to the point here, they're just overwhelming these teams. And now ASU ought to be better, and UCLA ought to be better. Cal and yeah. Washington, they they don't. They don't play, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, maybe they'll see one. They didn't play Oregon that year in 2019, but then they got them in the conference title game. So right, right. They still end so up I, playing. I, in my mind, the schedule, especially just based on the South, there's no question that it's going to be more difficult. Now, that may not matter. The Utes may continue to, to beat those teams. I don't know that they'll beat them like a drum in the way that they did last year or two years ago, but I think that they're going to be better, so it's going to be more difficult. They can still win. Utah can still win these games for sure. I'm not saying – that by any stretch but when Kyle's talking about the similarities between 2019 and this year wow I mean because that's the best team that they've had since they've been in the conference I mean it's indisputable right you, you, you cannot argue yep 11 that. wins and you had Moss and Huntley at the height of their games and the defense was absolutely loaded with NFL guys all over the place what was it like nine guys in the yeah NFL? that was awesome <laughs> they were just loaded and so that's where I think in a, if we were coming off a normal 2020, Kyle wouldn't catch us off guard with that. We would have seen more football, and we'd have a better idea, but they played five games. But he sees the film, and he sees the spring practices, and of course we don't, and we're not up there to talk to people after spring practices, so we really haven't had any hint. This is the first time that you can actually stand next to Kyle and talk to him, and what does he do? He blurs this out. And I just think if, 20, if we'd seen more football in 2020 or if we had more ch- chances to talk to him, he would have said it earlier. Because you're right, he has a freedom a lot of coaches don't have. He can just say what's on his mind. And he's of the no excuses, you know, tough guy mold, and we've seen that out of him a thousand, to- a thousand times. So I think there's a part of him, if he, says it, if, he, if he sees it, he likes to say it because he likes to set the bar. And he likes to challenge guys. I'm not going to set the bar here and know you can clear it because I know you can clear it. I'm going to set the bar here. Let's make you clear it. Let's stretch. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't phase him at all. Given the fact that he has the coaching security, right. yeah. he can say that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to worry about his job. He's not coaching to keep his job. He's coaching for legacy right now. And he's coaching two things. He's, he's not really coaching for legacy. The legacy is going to come mm-hmm. uh, as he continues to win but he's coaching in the moment because eh, I don't want to get into it too much as far as how long he's got because I want him to announce it on his terms uh, but 
He's coaching in the moment. That is something that I am 100% of confidence to say. And you brought up with Bosco, you know, do you go do you go with somebody to have a little short-term gain for mm-hmm. long-term or short-term brain for long-term gain? Kyle won't do that. He's he's about winning this year. He's about winning the South, winning the conference, get to the Rose Bowl if it should be on that and some committee deems you worthy, that's their call. But those are his specific goals and the realistic goals. They're realistic goals to the point where when I heard that statement, let's just say I made a reservation in the Los Angeles area at a hotel that's sort of up uh, a little uh, northeast of downtown, up by the mountains, and I'm not going to name the city for January 1, I might add. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah Wait, that's, I made a way to stay really subtle with that and not let anyone know what you're thinking. Get in, the, well get in the lock in the rates now before they go up, because I'm always thinking of saving the company money. You know me. Company man through and through. And so when he said that, I said, I better do this. I better start looking at some plane reservations because, oh, my gosh, that would be the greatest thing ever to play in the Rose Bowl. My friends who haven't experienced it, and I have. I'm the only one on the staff who's experienced it, and it is beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing ever. (laughs) It is your team, January one. In that stadium. Now, there's a huge difference to go in that stadium in September, October, November. That doesn't count. That's still fun to do. Without question, it's still fun to do. But it lacks a little extra oomph. Now, I've done the both. The January one has. Yes. And I've been there other times uh, on assignment when it's not my team, when I work down in the L.A. area. But to be there as a fan on January 1 when your team runs out there, there is uh, – my friends, and I call you my friends because you are, it gives me chills on a warm summer morning. Coming up, got a little uh, NBA news, and got a player who wants out. We'll tell you who and where he wants out of. And Dustin Smith, quarterback elite co-founder and coach at Spanish Fork High School, joins us to talk Quarterback competitions, and we will do that next. You Uton Cougars, we'll be talking about your teams next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The update from the Tokyo Games brought to you by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call them at 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. All right, we got college football, high school football, quarterback battles, all of that coming up in just a moment. But first, NBA free agency news. Lori Markinen, Bulls restricted free agent, tells a Finnish journalist he wants out of Chicago. Quote, we have offers from several different teams. I want a fresh start to my NBA career somewhere else. Well, that's fairly definitive, but life is a negotiation, so we'll see. I'm most curious, PK, to see if he moves to one of the uh, half-dozen teams we'll really look at in the West. And maybe he could elevate somebody, help elevate somebody in the West who's a little lower. But I don't think he'll end up in any of the power brokers in the West that would directly affect the Jazz. You think there's a chance he could? Yes, but I don't know that. Uh, I think that anything's a possibility, particularly if you get involved in the sign-and-trade here. I don't know if the Bulls let him walk for nothing. I've always liked the guy. He's a Pac-12 guy. The Utes thought they had him. 
but he ended up going to uh, Arizona. And eyebrows and, were raised. And you can draw conclusions yeah. on that. <laughs> eyebrows <laughs> were raised. These guys got to get paid. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But I've always liked the kid as a player, and uh, he, he sort of drifted into obscurity with the Bulls. The Bulls have sucked, obviously. But for me, take it for what it's worth. I'm not an NBA talent evaluator, but I thought that the kid was a player and could help somebody. Yeah, I don't think he's gotten anywhere near the potential that he has. And so I get where he's coming from. When I hear those words that you said, I understand him 100% because I thought his skill level hasn't come close to being utilized to the level that it can be. His, uh, he started 26 games this year. That's a career low. He played 26 minutes a game this year. That's a career low. He's getting more time and more playing time with Boylan. And, you know, they're changing the roster up in Chicago. They got guys coming and going. They got a new coach. He doesn't seem to be as valued. His rebound numbers have drifted, and that would be a little, <laughs> that would be a red flag looking at that. But he's got size, and he shoots the three. He shot a career best 40% from three. Right. And, and he's shooting almost six three pointers a game. So it's, it's not like, you know, it's one here and it's one there, and it's like six a game. He's in the mix, and he'll launch in my, it. In my mind, he's a player. So where does he end up? We'll have to wait and see, but keep your eye on that one. But that and it caught my eye when I saw that. He was pretty definitive about wanting out, and uh, I checked the numbers because we don't follow the East as close, and, uh, man, to see that, to see his playing time dropping at the age of 23. Uh, it didn't make sense. Well, I mean, the only thing it doesn't, the only thing that makes sense is, you know, they got new leadership and there is something that they don't like about Laurie Markinen, you know. Is he is he not tough enough? Is he not uh, you know, responding to what they want? Whatever it is, somehow it seems like he's getting a little sideways. And and clearly he's not happy. That quote was pretty definitive. So, yeah, I wouldn't think they'd match in, with the intent to keep. I get your point. Joe, free agency slowing it down. There's always, uh, you know, a lot of the deals get done, and then as soon as they can say something, they say something. And so you have that barrage the first 24 to 48 hours. But there's still a few to watch, and he's one of them. Right now it's time to talk football with Dustin Smith, QB Elite co-founder and coach. He's now Spanish Fork High School's head Coach, and he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Dustin, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Dustin, you had a perfectly good gig going. And then you went and messed up and became a high school football coach. And you got to deal with parents who are sure their kid is the next Tom Brady and Kyle Van Oy, and they want more playing time. Dustin, what were you thinking? Don't you have friends who can talk you out of these rash moves? <laughs> I had several friends that, that, and I don't have many. So that when I say several, that's about all of them that said, uh, "What are you doing? You're crazy." But it's. Uh, Especially last year. Last year was my first year doing it as a head coach, and I walked into such a unique circumstance with all the the high school football restrictions and COVID and everything. But, man, I'll tell you, as hard as it was, there were a lot of headaches, a lot of things you don't you, you miss uh, that gets taken from you. But the boys are – we have such good young men in our state, and being able to work with them, it's, it, it was a lot of fun. 
So, Dustin, are we going to have a big matchup with you down at Spanish Fork versus uh, American Leadership down there in Queen Creek, Arizona? Because your guy, I think that's where Ty Detmer's coaching, right? Yeah, Ty's down in Ty's, Ty and Max Hall and Dennis Pitta. They got they got quite the coaching staff down there. They're all down there in Queen Creek, and we uh, we actually took a we did bring some boys down there this winter, and, and probably thirty other Utah boys went down there and did a little clinic with uh, with his guys and spent some time together with Max and Ty in the film room and and doing some things. I don't know that we'll ever play each other. They'd have to come up here to play. We're not it's too hot down in Arizona. They they'd have to come here. Need to do to one up them, get Brandon Doman and Chad Lewis on your staff. <laughs> there we go. Good idea. Yeah, I'll pull that. I, I know Brandon and Chad are smart enough not to hop into high school football. <laughs> So we are curious with uh, quarterback battles going, and I assume your eye never goes far away from a good quarterback battle. With quarterback battles going at Utah and BYU, do you think either coaching staff is uh, just saying there's a quarterback battle and they know what's going on, or do you think these are real quarterback battles or isn't much separating, and how these guys perform in practice is going to have a lot to say on who starts the opener? I think they know who's going to start the opener right now. I do think that they're they may not be 100% committed to that guy being the guy all year, no matter what, where maybe in past years, you, you kind of knew that you were going to you know ride somebody a little bit longer, even if they struggled a little bit. Um, I think because of the depth uh, at BYU and some guys who've had some experience, um, you know, that I think they know who the guy is going to be, but, they may have a little shorter uh, leash with that. At, at, at Utah, I think there's a legit battle there. I, I'm not as confident that they're certain on who their guy is, and they're wanting to get a little bit more uh, time with them this camp to make that decision. So Jaron Hall's a local kid. The other two kids from uh, BYU and their competition are from out of state. What do you know about these guys? Uh, from Just from what I've heard, I know Ty um, – knew a little bit about him and and i've talked to you know some coaches on staff i haven't seen the only one outside of jaron that's there now that i've seen personally or worked with personally is is nick billups who just transferred from utah uh to byu the other guys i haven't personally spent time with other than jaron so but what i've heard of them both from others who have worked with them or been around them or recruited them and some of the guys that are much closer to the program um, is that they they really like all of them, and they they have some unique uh, abilities. That's kind of, I think why it's kind of a, an interesting battle is that they 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 all have some strong suits that uh, maybe the other guys don't quite have, and so I, I think BYU is trying to pick well which is the guy that I guess a best fits their offense, and then b has the most. Um, you know that that, that has the, the the best abilities in in the three or four different areas that you have to have to be a successful quarterback, and that's why I feel like uh, of the group, Jaron probably possesses the, the most of all of the areas as far as decision making and and athleticism and experience and leadership and and arm strength and those sort of things, accuracy. So I'm, I'm guessing that Jaron will be the guy to start, but. These other guys are right on his hill, which, you know, I think is – I really personally feel like it's a good thing if you've got mature quarterbacks that 
that don't turn on each other, if they let it be something that motivates and pushes each other to be better every day, um, I think it's a good thing. Dustin Smith joining us, QB Elite co-founder, now the head coach at Spanish Fork High School. I'm just curious in these quarterback battles, so many coaches want the mobile quarterback and the guy who can you know, slip out of a tackle and, and make a play, throwing the ball downfield, or just taking off and running for a big gain. And yet you can't really see that in practice because the whistle blows and the play stops. So I know they want to evaluate these guys, and it's tricky evaluating pocket passers, but when you throw in the mobile quarterback, it seems like they know who they're going to go with and they're going to go with that person because they can't possibly be evaluating some of that stuff in practice. Yeah, that's hard. To, you're right. That's hard to see how a kid, you know, uh, slips out of a tackle or something because you're right. They're, it's a quick whistle and they're not letting him slip out of tackles. The whistle's being blown before he gets hit. But I think you can tell in other ways. There's other ways to see if, if the quarterback's mobile and if he can move and and ways to know that, all right, we got a guy that can slip out of stuff, can step up and exit. and But none of these guys, I, I don't think any, well, I shouldn't say anywhere in the country. I'm sure there are some countries that want their quarterbacks uh, taken off and, and are okay with that. I don't think at BYU they really want their quarterbacks getting too loose back there. I, I think they want them to be able to move around and roll out and, and do some things, but you know, and, and specifically in the case of Jaron, you know, he's, he's got to be extra careful because of the injury bug and the concussions and the different things that my guess is they, they like the fact that he can do some things and that they can move the pocket with him and, and use his athleticism to kind of stretch the field east and west a little bit back there. But I don't think they're super uh, encouraging on the idea of him taken off and taken on linebackers because last time he did that at you know a guy at Utah State uh, knocked him out at, down at the goal line so you know that's an important thing for Jaron in particular is learning how to how to get hit and how not to get hit hard and and or not get hit and that's obviously easier said than done but there's ways that he can position himself when he's going in or stepping out or sliding or whatever to try to avoid that big hit and get his head out of the way because, you know, that, that could be the, that's the biggest red flag as it relates to him and question mark that relates to him is he plays so hard and he is so athletic and he's so competitive that that's going to be, I think, a hard thing for him to do to pump the brakes a little bit there. And to a degree, you probably don't want him to because that's what you love about him is that playmaking ability but it's super important that he does not take those those big hits this year and end up with another concussion yeah and we know he's got the athletic ability playing college baseball himself and all that stuff and being able to do a lot of different things uh what i'm not sure and you'd have a better idea of it evaluate him as an accurate passer He's gotten, you know, he, he, he's gotten more accurate, but he's always been accurate. And he, you know, I, in the case of Jaron, even when he went on his mission, I get asked about him, and there was a, a lot of people immediately just assumed he was going to come back and they were going to turn him into a running back that, or, a, you know, a slot receiver or something, that he was an athlete that, you know, threw the ball in high school, and so they made him a quarterback. And, and I never looked at Jaron that way. I really looked at him as a thrower who could run. But his his 
his arm strength has always been uh, elite, and he can make the throws. He's gotten more accurate, and he spent a lot of time, a lot of time that people don't know about working on his accuracy and not have not playing baseball these last two years, being able to focus, because really that development doesn't happen at camp. It doesn't happen in the summer. You're, you kind of are what you are at this point. Now you're, it's can you do it in the scheme of the offense, and can you do it against um, disguised coverages and, and these sort of things. It's The development happens in the winter and spring as it relates to body movement and balance and mechanics and all that sort of thing. And that was hard to do when you're in a batting cage all winter. You know, you're out <laughs> taking fungo all spring. So for, so for Jaron to be able to, for the first time in his life, focus on football in the winter and the spring, not only physically but mentally to have his head in that I'm a football player and, uh, and, and really dive into that. He's had an improvement just in the last year, even in, in, even in his body. If you see him, he's, he's trimmed up. He's, he's more fluid and elastic in how he moves. He's just – he's trained differently, so he, he wasn't as stiff and bulky and, and – and strong, um, you know, Taysom Hill had to do that. When Taysom came out, he was so strong, his upper body, that there were some things in his mechanics when he threw a football that were, you know, that, that were, were um, um, he got in trouble with because he was just so, he was still stiff. And he had to loosen up and, and, and do some things to fix it. But Jaron's done a great job. The people around him have done a great job. And, and, uh, so I, I think he's in a, a really good position, both mentally and physically, and he's he's plenty accurate. I'm not worried about the accuracy. Dustin Smith joining us, QB League co-founder and coach, Spanish Fork High School football coach as well. So at the U, they had a transfer from the SEC. Everybody was fired up. It didn't work out. Now they got a transfer from the Big 12. Should everyone be fired up? Or Big 12 defenses are really subpar, so uh, slow your roll. No, I think I think they've got a good quarterback, and I and I think that you know the, the Big Twelve still has plenty of, of of great great football and defenses and things out there. I you know I, I personally wish that the University of Utah would look more locally for quarterbacks. I think that there are plenty of good quarterbacks that have gotten away from here um, that I think could have helped Utah. I think there's some right now playing at even some other colleges in state that are as good as as guys they have up there at utah um you know that's i'm I'm sure that there's plenty of people that would disagree with that but i i'm pretty feel pretty strongly about the kids we've had in utah and, and 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 when i say locally i even include you know arizona and idaho in that just right here close to us there have been some very very good quarterbacks i i don't understand why they, we've got to find these guys, you know, clear across the country when there's plenty of really good ones here that don't get looked at and haven't been offered. I, I, I would like to see a little bit more push to keep some of those guys here because they're going and playing other places and they're good. But, but no, Utah's got – they've got some good quarterbacks and, and I think they've got a, a, a good group back on, you know, at, at their position, um, their position guys, their skill guys, and obviously – with the defenses that they they're able to put out every year, um, you know it's a good place to play if you're a quarterback because you're usually going to have a really good running back, and you're going to have a defense that gets you, gets off the field and gets you the ball back. So I think that uh, I think they're fine there. But 
I do think they don't know there's a battle going on. I'm not certain they're sure on who their guy is right now. Also, too, for BYU, from the receiver perspective, a couple of local kids that you would have knowledge of joined the program, and those are the Nakua brothers, particularly Puka, who had all sorts of credentials. Uh, how do you think they're going to be able to help the Cougars this year? Uh, I think that's huge for BYU. I really do, I, especially with the schedule they have this year. They, they're going to play some some corners. Uh, there's some secondaries they're going to see this year that have some really, really good players and some teams that are going to be able to do some man-to-man on BYU and, and maybe even, you know, put another guy up in the box and try to, uh, you know, address BYU's run game with another guy. They, then they've got to have some athletes outside that can beat guys. If not, you know, that's where a de- an offense is really going to find themselves in trouble is if a team can overwhelm them with athleticism out on the outside on the receivers and then load the box. And, and I think there's been years when BYU has played the types of teams that they seems like they're playing every week this year where they can do that. And, and, you know, that, that's the quickest way to make a quarterback look mediocre is to, take away a run game and put him in third and 10 all game long and, and make him throw into the teeth of a defense that now knows, you know, that you're throwing the ball and, and then you get a quarterback struggling. And, and so BYU's ability to have a couple playmakers, a couple guys that can beat one-on-one corners and that you have to have a, a, some safety help. And I think those two are going to be as a, a, super important to the quarterback success, but I think they're also going to be, as important to the success of the run game for BYU because teams are are, are going to have to decide do they want to keep guys near the box and and let BYU run the ball or do they want to uh, you know go out and help against these receivers who both of those guys if if you're not careful if you put the wrong guy on them you know they'll take it to the house they're that good. All right, one last question. I need you to handicap high school football. You can beg off if you want, but you don't seem the kind of guy who begs off, Dustin. Is anybody going to beat PK's Corner Canyon Chargers? Are we looking at a fourth undefeated season for the Chargers? I don't. There's some really good teams in 6A. There's Really, there's four, and four or five, and then everybody else is just, I think, kind of their, their warm-up game for those five teams. Um, I think that... Sky Ridge and American Fork, Bingham, uh, Lone Peak, maybe have a chance. That every I think everybody else is sort of in a tough spot. They just have so many athletes at those schools. But I, I Corner Canyon, they're so well coached. They have so many guys. They're so strong. I I don't think so. But there are some pretty good teams. Those other teams I mentioned are pretty loaded as well. And. I think could at least you know they'll they'll push him, but Skyridge I think almost got him last year uh, in the regular season, and um, but it it I'd be surprised if Corner Canyon didn't win it again. Dustin, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Good luck with your team at Spanish Fork, and we'll talk to you again later on. All right, thanks, guys. Dustin Smith, quarterback, elite co-founder and head coach now at Spanish Fork High School. Your Chargers, PK, ready to roll again. Canada just beat Sweden in women's soccer. Yeah, it was awesome. Penalty shootout. Penalties. There were a lot of missed penalties. (laughs) Three to two. Uh, Well, yeah, my gosh, if they win, you said they've won three in a row? 
They've won three in a row, 40 40 straight games. And the year before, they were 11-0 and lost in the semis by one point. So they are 51-1 over the last four years. Wow, that's amazing, because that guy down there, he can't coach. I don't know how he's doing it. (laughs) He's a bum. (laughs) (laughs) That's a give to Mrs. K, isn't it? Those de- that defensive coordinator, he doesn't know his you know what from his you know what. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how in the world they're doing it. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. Stay with us. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30, presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON, on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. The Top 1660 is back in the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 130 as Hans and Scotty will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah. It's counting you down to the start of the college football season. It's Top 1660 presented by Cybers Credit and Icon Health and Fitness here on the Zone Sports Network. What are you giggling about? Me? I hear you giggling. No, I'm not giggling. I'm just enjoying life, man. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay. So PK, there's a uh, a thing I saw out. One of our uh, one of our listeners and a guy who tweets a lot tweeted out the link to this story I hadn't seen, but uh, it was a good story, and I'm glad he sent out the link. Athlon Sports. Got anonymous quotes from Pac-12 oh, coaches. You, you could talk about Oregon. You could talk about Utah. You could talk about SC. But there's one other team out there. And who is that, PK? <laughs> the University of Arizona State. <laughs> A lot of coaches think this is the real team to beat in our league, not Oregon or USC. They're the next top program in the league unless something drastic happens. Anonymous coaches with anonymous quotes. Oh, but cheaters, all of this, prosper. all of this, uh, there's an asterisk. Arizona State scouting was compiled before the NCAA investigation was opened into the program this summer. And they start suspending coaches. And Well, they have know. a tight ends coach. Tight end coach is gone now, and that's, and that's probably you know not that big a deal. But if you start suspending more coaches, if you start getting into coordinators or the head coach, then obviously it does become a big deal. The defense oh, yeah, is real. They're dangerous. Well, they return everybody, uh, so you know they should be better. I don't. I don't think the coaching thing is going to be that big of a deal because uh, that was a self suspension. So they're not going to self suspend a bunch of coaches. <laughs> no, the, the the tight end coach is a twenty six year old. Uh, yeah, what, that what guy they, really did it. What, well, what they got going there is that. Cur- the way it worked is Herm figured out that the only way we're going to do this is to recruit. We can be the greatest X's Coaches, and O's yeah. dudes in the world, but if we don't have the horses, it doesn't matter. So what he did is he hired three guys in their 20s to go recruit. Wait, that's what Kyle did when he started. <laughs> and 
they got loose with the rules. And then they had a guy who thought he was going to get a promotion. He didn't get it, so he turned him in. And now we'll see what the NCAA does with all this stuff. So, uh, But for the short term, they are set up to have a good season, whether they do or not. I mean, one year Herb Street picked him to go to the playoff, and they went 6-7. and seven. Yep. So <laughs> what does that mean? None of these guys have any tradition of winning at this level. Uh, not literally none of them. I mean, it, you know, can't really count last year. But before then, they're basically a 500 team. Uh, so, yeah, it, the, the talent is there potentially anyway, but what does that mean? So I'm not, I'm not so worried about the short-term, uh, the long-term ramification, you know, depending on what the NCAA does, could be uh, devastating. Probably it won't be because I don't think they really have devastating things anymore in that way. You know, they slap them around a little bit. and Take a couple scholarships. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to be what the precedent is. I'm not discounting their cheating. I believe they did it 100%. Uh, but because they figured out the way to win is through recruiting. And so they've been trying to get these guys. Interestingly, the guys that they brought in uh, that they are pinpointing on during the uh, pandemic when you weren't supposed to have guys on, I don't think they got any of them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not like it reaped a bonanza. But if you're going to shoot from the stars, the system is almost designed for you to figure out ways to cheat, you know, because you're just not able to reel in the, the cave on tip of those of the world. You know, how does Oregon get him? I mean, they got unlimited amounts of money to be able to find ways. And so if you want to compete with that, uh, to me, the system is designed, in a sense, to go ahead and cheat. It may sound like, you know, I'm defending them, whatever. I'm not that much invested in it. It's all sports is entertainment to me. I think I've said that a million times over. So I don't really get caught up in winning and losing. I enjoy the the competition of it. Uh, so I don't know how hard they're going to get zapped but for the short term they've got a shot uh, well it's really all you can look for as do as does utah and sc i mean both those teams hey they've got shots too all right what the pac-12 coaches are saying anonymously about utah and usc we'll get to that next stay with us